called uh, Dream Again. <clears throat> we're starting the new year, and we're, we're thinking about new dreams, new aspirations, and um, that's a good thing. I'm not slamming that. That's that's great. But it is important to dream uh, in accordance with what God has for you. Um, and God has a number of dreams for us, a number of promises for us. And so uh, my, my job over the past couple of weeks and even today is to help share the good news of God's dream for you, of God's dream for me, that God has a, a plan for us, and, and it's a good plan, and it's, and it's good stuff. And so we've been looking at Psalm 23. Many of you memorized Psalm 23 as a kid. Um, or as it's also called the 23rd Psalm. Many of you memorized that. And so we've been looking at that, that beautiful poetry um, from David. He's the author of it, but it's, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And, and he's talking about really God's vision for us, God's plan for us. So let's go ahead and read um, Psalm 23. We'll, we'll read the whole thing. It's not long. He starts off with this line, the Lord is my shepherd. So if you're here the first week, you heard about that line. Um, I, I am a real preacher, so I preach like an hour on that one line, and it was awesome. But anyway, uh, you, can, you can listen to that on the podcast, but the Lord is my shepherd. It's important that the Lord is your shepherd. Uh, for many of us, we would say something like, I am my own shepherd. And uh, we saw how uh, we had a fake 23rd Psalm about whenever we change out that word Lord for me, suddenly things start to go downhill. But he says, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's important. He says, because of that, I shall not want. So last week was all about that line. Don't worry, I'm going to move a little faster this week. Um, and then verse 2, he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You even prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. I'll be, I'll be getting to that part next 
someday we're actually going to do something. Uh, so, you know, the question I would ask to the Lions is, where are we going? Um, you know, where are we going here? Like, do we, do we have defense? Do we have an offense? What exactly are we doing? Now, the Cowboys actually this year, you can see where they're going. I mean, they, they really, they're one pass rusher short of a Super Bowl. Like, if they had a pass rusher, it'd be over. Uh, so anyway, I mean, so maybe my, my illustration doesn't really fit. And maybe that's a good illustration. Sometimes you get up here, you start rambling about football, and you just forget about preaching about Jesus. And then people are sitting there in the crowd going, where is he going with it? Right? So, you know, sometimes you have to ask yourself, where am I going? And I don't really know, so I'm just going to segue into the sermon because you might not know where you start with a sermon or whatever or where the, your favorite football team is going, but I believe that God has a plan for you and for me, and I, I don't think we're supposed to be asking ourselves 24-7, where am I going? I don't think we're supposed to live with the burden of having to know, the burden of having to figure out, the burden of having to reconcile in my mind where I am now and where I believe that I'm going. And so today I'm going to talk about that because in the 23rd Psalm, that's basically what our shepherd does for us. I love, if we could put, put the verse back up there. First of all, he says, he says, he leads me beside still water. So there's three different places that our shepherd takes us. First of all, he leads us beside still waters. And the word still there with regard to waters is not, this isn't just, just a poetic scene that, that David is painting for us. It's actually important. Um, because sheep are pretty skittish, they're very scared very easily. And so if it's if it's rushing water or if it's if it's rapids, the sheep won't drink from it because they're scared of the noise. Okay, so sheep are skittish and scared, kind of like us. We get freaked out at the smallest things, uh, just the smallest shift in our schedule, the smallest shift in our world, and suddenly we're like, oh no, the dam. And so this is interesting, though. I love the picture of the shepherd. And if you haven't met my shepherd, let me introduce you to him. He is somebody who will lead you beside still waters. He will not ask you to become super sheep. He will not chuck you into the deep end. He will not force you to do something that you feel completely incapable of doing. He leads us beside still waters. In other words, drinkable waters. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't set the bar really high just so that we can figure out how to jump higher. He's not trying to make us super sheep. He knows the kind of people that we are. He knows that we freak out over dumb things. And his purpose is not, this shepherd's purpose is not to teach the sheep a lesson. The purpose of this shepherd is listed right there, to restore my soul. And so he leads them. See, now, if it were me, like, like this happens with my kids all the time, right? Micah's like, I don't want to eat the, the, the what is it, with carrot. He always hates carrot. I don't want to eat carrots. And he explains all the reasons why. Because it gets all mushy in my teeth. He's a, it's, a, it's a texture thing like me. And because uh, and it tastes nasty. And because, like, you know, like, all these reasons. And I kind of agree with most of his reasoning, right? And I say, son, like, I get it, but carrots are good for you. Eat the dang carrots, you know? Just eat it. Just eat it. And, and, and that's kind of my philosophy, right? And sometimes I'm like that a little bit with the people. Just, just. Come on, man. Like, do what you're supposed to do. Just figure it out, will you? Like, like, just drink. It's right there, fresh, clean water. Sure, it's a little splashy a little bit, but you gotta stick your head in and just take a drink. Be grateful it's there. But that's not what our shepherd does. Our shepherd is not like Harry. He's completely unlike me. He says, okay, you won't drink out of there. Let me lead you down here. Because the purpose is not to get them to be super sheep. It's to get them to be restored sheep. I don't know if you know it or not, but that's what God's after. God's after a restoration of your soul. He's not after uh, you to become, you know, this, this ideal uh, Christian that you read about. God wants to restore your soul. God's in the soul restoring business. And that's why, that's why, honestly, you know, I don't share a lot of politics in church because I'm not an expert in politicians. My shepherd is not really interested in politics. My shepherd is not interested in, 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 in social government structures. He's interested in people's souls. And my shepherd can win souls in China. My shepherd can win souls in North Korea. My shepherd can win souls regardless of the of the government, regardless of the social structure. My shepherd is not hindered because because the, the way that he restores souls is not through government. It's not through laws and regulations. He restores souls through this still water. And water is a symbol of his presence. Water is a symbol of his restoring, refreshing presence. He doesn't need a law to be passed to restore somebody's soul. He 
wants to bring restoration to your soul, to bring it back, to bring it back to this water of his presence, this water of, of, of refreshing, this, this water that strengthens you, this water that, that reinvigorates you, that gives you a purpose again, that gives you something to live for, that gives you something to be excited about, that gives you something to get, get up in the morning for. Googling it and 
probably should read my Bible and pray in the morning, but uh, you know, I, I'll do that over lunch because you know, and we just we just keep pushing things and pushing things, and they're just little things, but they're little things that we do. So honestly, this if you're a Christian or not a Christian, this is going to help you when the alarm goes off. Like get up. That's what I've learned to do. Ro kicks me now because I don't even hear it at first. So Ro kicks me, and I apparently that that doesn't bother her. She's able to go back to sleep after kicking somebody. But uh, she just you know boosts me, and so I get up. And there's something about and th 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 this is what the psychologist was saying. There's something about putting your feet on that cold floor, walking over to your phone, turning it off, choosing to stay up even though you're all blurry and but, but and, you know you know that, but. Choosing not to hit snooze on the important. It's so helpful for the rest of your day because the, 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 the willpower it takes to be like, but I'm not laying back down, is a similar willpower that it takes to, to start new things in your life, to, to begin new, new, new pathways and, and, and to follow your shepherd. I think it's a, it's a very similar brain pattern that we, that we need to develop. So I don't know. I mean, get the city chat, city chapel, city chapel, chapel, chapel. In the morning, dude, that, that that's what I'm like. I'm like, what's my name? How do I? Do I have children? I don't know. Get the get the app on your phone and like go to the daily Bible reading and just listen to the guy. Like you can just listen. His voice is smooth as butter. It'll put you back to sleep while you're on the toilet. But it's all good. You'll be listening to the word of God. Like just just do some like 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 find a way right to to to, to get yourself. Uh, up and 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 and, and going. Uh, actually, uh, one of the great Christian leaders of a couple centuries ago, the 1800s, uh, Charles Wesley, John Wesley. His mom, I think she had 17 kids, and she had a saying. And she said, "When you when you wake up, get up, and when you get up, do something." And, and my, my parents told me that when I was young, and it didn't really stick. But uh, it's <laughs> always in my head, right? When you wake up, get up, and when you get up, do something. Stop avoiding what's right next to you. Just decide to jump into it. So our shepherd leads us beside these still waters in order to restore our soul. But he also leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Paths of righteousness. That basically means right paths. In other words, God wants you. God desires for you to live in the right house. To get the right degree. To go to the right college for you. To marry the right spouse for you. To have the right children for you at the right time for you. God has rightness planned for your life. He, he, he's not looking for wrongness. He's not looking to jack you up and mess you up and make your life more difficult. God wants to lead us. Our shepherd wants to lead us in paths that are right for us. In other words, they're, 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 they're paths that we can take. There's steps, once again, it's drinkable water. It's steps that we can take. And he gets comes out in front of us, and he shows us each way up this path. Oftentimes, sheep had to travel up mountains, and they don't necessarily know how to get up mountains. So the shepherd would lead by going out in front and finding the right footholds, finding the right ways, the best ways up that mountain. And this is what our shepherd does for us. He leads us step by step up the right mountain. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and you've probably memorized the scripture, God says to his people, he says, I know the plans I have for you. I'm out in front. I'm out in front. I, I know the plans I have for you. I, I have a journey and I have a designation and I have the way to get there and I have the steps that you need to take. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. These are good plans, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. God is interested in taking you from where you are to where you need to be. But it, but it is interesting, though. He says, I know. He doesn't say, you know. He doesn't say, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> he doesn't say, I'm going to inform you. He just simply says, we're on a need-to-know basis here, and I'm the one who needs to know because I'm out in front. And so God oftentimes sets us up, and this is difficult for us as sheep because, well, we are we are we, we feel often we're a little more evolved than sheep. So we don't just want to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know what's going on. No, we need to feel like responsible adults where we have a five-year plan and we have this 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 this, this whole thing designed because why we want to know. But it's interesting because God says, I know. He doesn't say, you know. He doesn't say, I'm going to tell you. He doesn't say, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to send you an email. You're going to get a, you're, you're going to get a, a notification on your phone. That, no, none of that. He just simply says, I want you to rest in the fact that I 
you're not feeling it, and when you're feeling it, when you when you come up to a steep slope, <laughs> all right, and when you when you and then when it's flatland, it's like, all right, I'm feeling it. You're learning how to do this. Can, can can you guys just practice that with me for just a moment? Just 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 go ahead and do that right there. Those of you those of you Pentecostals, you're already, you already got it. But. Baptist gonna have to work on that a little bit. It's a, it's a simple, it's a simple physical activity. But I'm telling you, like, like if you can learn to live like this, if you can learn literally, actually, actually, like you watch the Jews um, at the at the Wailing Wall, Jewish people. This, 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 this is how they pray. Have you ever noticed that? Like this is how they pray. And uh, one, one, I was, I was listening to one rabbi, and he said the reason why we pray like that is because while we are asking God for things, our whole body is saying yes to God. Amen. Even while I'm asking him for stuff, I am really saying, you know what? I, I, I want your will more than I want my stuff. I want your plans more than I want what I'm after. And so my answer to you, before you even say anything, Lord, is yes. I'm answering yes to you. I'm walking through life like this. My head is going up and down. I am saying, yes, Lord, I believe that you're faithful. Yes, I believe that you are good. Yes, I believe that you are able to take me from where I believe your grace is enough. And grace is not just forgetting about my past. Grace is giving me the power to step into my future. Yes, I believe, God, that you are there with me. You are leading me. You are guiding me. You haven't left me. It's a little foggy. I can't really see you right now. But I'm going to take the next step that you told me to take. And I'm going to be patient and wait for your grace to help me take the next step after that. I'm not going to ask for more than my daily bread. I'm not going to ask for my weekly allowance or my monthly groceries. I'm asking for my daily bread right now because that's all I can handle, honestly. I don't even, I, I just ask and I say yes to God constantly. Constantly. I was, uh, I was talking to somebody this week and they, they wanted to be baptized. So we're going to have a baptism service on February 12th. If, if, if anybody wants else wants to be baptized. Sometimes the most powerful thing about baptism is just you're basically doing this. Yeah, I have to get out in the water in front of everybody and get all wet. Is it is I mean, is 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 getting is getting dunked by Pastor Harry, is that really gonna do anything? <laughs>
something benign like I don't know, drawing or painting or something like that. And so at the end of the at the end of the test, so 15 minutes is up. Okay, come over here, fill out this form. The whole form was about you know did the headphones work well? Did they blah blah blah? Could you hear stuff throughout the whole time? Uh, and then there was a, a the real question was at the bottom, and it said, do you feel like you are paying uh, too much for your college tuition, just the right amount? Or do you think maybe you should be paying more for your college tuition? And it was amazing. They all listened to the same message about how you should be paying more. Uh, same guy speaking. So it wasn't speaking skills or anything like that. Um, the people who, who, who did benign stuff, they said, ah, I think I'm paying a pretty good amount. You know, I kind of get what you pay for. I think it's fair. But the people who were shaking their head no the whole time, they said, we think we're being ripped off, actually. We're paying too much. We are paying too much for college right now. We're paying too much. And the, the group of college students that was doing this the whole time, they said, actually, we would pay more. We think we should probably pay more. <laughs> it's interesting how we don't see ourselves that way. We believe that our beliefs are concrete, and I've thought through this, and I've listened to that guy's word, and I've, you know, all this kind of thing. But something as simple as this changes the way you process information. And so I don't know what your life is like. Sometimes we live like this to God. And we're just walking around like this all the time. And, and, it, and it negates what he's speaking to us. And, it, and, and you know, we read Psalm 23 and we're like, want to believe it, but, you know, the posture of our life is kind of like, if you could change your posture, you could really, you could really change your life. Just the way you approach God, the way you approach His Word, the way you approach prayer, you could really alter your life. You say, I, I just can't seem to work myself up. No, look, this is all you have to do. You just have to say yes. Yes to God. Yes to what He wants. Yes to what He's doing in my life. Yes to the, the resources He's put in my life. Yes to reading His Word. Yes to praying. Yes to, to giving tithing. Yes to doing everything. Yes to serving. Yes to helping others. Yes to being the change that I want to see in the world. Yes to patience. Yes to commitment. Yes to following him. Yes to leaning on him. Yes to relying on him. Yes, wherever he goes, that's where I'm going. When you have that position, uh, I, I, I heard a story a while back about uh, two guys that worked in a warehouse. And so there was a big guy and then there was a little guy. And the big guy and little guy got in a fight one day, and the little guy just pulled back and just knocked out the big guy. And uh, I think the big guy was just really shocked. Well, the little guy got fired, and uh, he was gone for a few years. Uh, eventually, he was rehired again, and the big guy was still working there. And the big guy came up to him, and he's like, man, like I remember a couple years ago, you like laid me out. Um, I was so shocked. Like, How did you do that? Like, you don't have a lot of muscles. You don't have a lot of chest strength or shoulder or biceps. Or, like, how did you throw such a punch? And the little guy said, well, it's, it's really simple. It's not about the muscles in your arm. A, a, a real punch, a good throw is not about the muscles or the chest muscles. It's about your stance. It's about your feet. It's about where your feet are. Because if your feet are in the right stance, you throw your whole body into the punch. And so my, my, my it's not about my muscles. It's about my stance. And I thought about that. I thought, man, this is really about life. This is what life is about. We All the highlight reels are about that you know, fist going across that person's jaw. And you're like, oh, look at those muscles. I need to go lift a bunch of barbells and get ready to, you know, no, no, no. It's more about your stance, your center of gravity, your ability to throw the punch as opposed to your, your ability to deliver the punch. It starts back here, your stance, how you approach life, how you approach the day, how you approach the week. This is important. Where, How you're standing, how you're positioning yourself. Faith, good faith, great faith. 
this particular job. God's got a plan for your entire life. You've got you to protect your position and, and your center of gravity. God wants you to be centered. He wants you to approach life from a center. It's not just about this one argument. Sometimes it's about the friendship. It's more important than the argument. So you can throw the punch, but you lose your center of gravity and you lose out on the friendship. God's trying to get you centered and focused and grounded because he wants you to be able to take the next step and the next step after that and the next step after that. He's got a plan for you and he knows the plan. Our job is to rely on him and to rest in him. The third place he takes us is into the valley. He says, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Notice that you are with me. That's the first time he says that word, you. This is the first time this word appears. Uh, in terms of literature, there's a serious shift in the perspective that the writer is now using. He starts off with the Lord, so he's talking about somebody up there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. It's all about him, right? So I am I am out here. I'm talking about this Lord, this God, and I'm talking about him. But now all of a sudden, he doesn't say he. He doesn't say, I know I walk through the valley, valley of shadow of death. I'll fear no evil because he is with me. No, it becomes more personal. He says, because you are with me. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his shepherd. Basically, the poem becomes a prayer. He starts off as a poem. He starts off saying, let me tell you about my shepherd. And now he's not even looking at you guys anymore. He's not even looking at me. He has turned his focus completely away from the audience. He's no longer telling people about his shepherd. He's now talking to his shepherd. He said, I will fear no. When does he start doing that? As soon as he thinks about the valley. Because if you follow God long enough, he will take you into a place where you're not concerned about the audience. And you're not concerned about what people think. And you're not concerned about who's watching. And now, really, it's just you and him. You are with me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to these folks. 
flesh torn away, the cat of nine tails with several chunks of, of glass and bone and sharp, just shredding away until his spine was literally exposed. You could see the bones there. You could see the blood pouring out. Uh, this, 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 this was to get him ready for crucifixion. This was not even the end. This wasn't, they didn't just leave him there to bleed to death. So instead they took this, this massive beam and placed it on his shoulder that had just been stripped. By the way, when he's tied to the post, the lashes go this way and that way. So they go across, they go across this shoulder and across that shoulder. And the reason why they, they, they whipped him that way is so that it's so that the bone and the glass would tear the tendons connecting the shoulder, the shoulder tissue to the neck. Which is why they had to tie the beam onto him because he couldn't hold it up because he couldn't hold his arms up anymore because his tendons and his muscles had been torn. And so they tie the beam onto him, onto his exposed skin, onto his raw spine and all the nerve endings that you and I know about. And they, 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 take, they take some thorns, they hammer it onto his head, piercing his skull, creating the, the most worst headache you've ever had or heard of. And then they lead him up to the place where he's going to be killed. They, they, they nail his hands to the post. They nail his feet to the post. And they raise him up. Now remember, his tendons are gone. He cannot pull himself up by anything other than the strength of his legs, where he's pushing up against a nail that is between nailed into his ankles. And every time he pushes himself up, his, his exposed back scrapes across the rough wood. As he struggles for an excruciating breath of air, and then he drops down. And because his shoulders have no muscles, he has no way of not collapsing his lungs. And so he's literally drowning by hanging. And he pulls himself up again. He takes a breath, and he drops himself down. The semi was not an easy thing to take. It was not a light thing. It was not... It was not simply meant for a story to tell children in children's church and say, isn't it?